Thanks for joining us here in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. All right, well, good morning again. Welcome back to week number two of Back to the Basics, where we are, it is our desire to move from preference to purpose. There is a scripture verse that goes with this. Um, before I practice that with you, I just want to remind you, you've heard once, you'll hear it again at the end. Uh, we have a business meeting uh, this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Um, if you care about the church, be here Wednesday night at 5 p.m. There's some uh, important information that I'll cover and um, I would get off work early. I would clear my calendar, uh, be here because we have been doing some incredible things and we have some incredible things in our future. And I want to share that uh, with you. All right. The Bible verse for this series is Colossians 2.6. If you have a note taker in front of you, you'll see that at the bottom of the note taker. Um, if you look up at the screen, you'll see the verse. And so I want to go through the verse with you, all right? So I'm going to uh, say it if you'll repeat what I say, and we'll do this a couple different times, all right? So here's how it goes. So then, all right, one more time. You guys were awake. Thank you. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Let's try that again, but let's, let, you know, let's give it a little bit more, all right? Now, I act like a fool when I go to college football games. A couple weeks ago, my team lost, but you know what? I lost my voice uh, that day, okay? And so we're in church. This is the most important thing in your life, and that is what does your eternity look like? And this is a passage, a verse that really should ring true with all of us. It's not about showing up. It's not about completing a three-week challenge. It's about living a life that mirrors Christ. So let's try this again. So then, at just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much that you... Love us, you care for us, you, your mercies are new every day. God, I thank you for the three souls that uh, were baptized today that told the world that they want to live for you. God, I thank you for young men and women who call upon you e even as a child. Lord, I thank you for a church that provides the body of Christ the opportunity to serve, to serve our community to serve our friends and our family. God, uh, take the words that I speak, make them clearly yours, and allow me to follow your Holy Spirit's leading. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you uh, look closer around you, there is this little card, and it says back to the basics. This is yours. If you're touching it, you please take this home with you. And um, if you're watching online, if you go to crossroadschurch.faith slash Sunday, uh, you'll find what we put in our hot sheet every week. Um, and so that's one easy way to keep, hey, what was going on next week? You just go up to crossroadschurch.faith slash Sunday, and you'll see 
what's coming up. Um, on the card, if you flip it over, you see I did this incredible artwork. And I think that the, our life as Christians is much like this house, especially when it comes to the church. And there are lower room Christians and there are upper room Christians. The lower room Christians are focused on personality program people and places. What does that mean? They, are, they might be focused on the, the worship leader. They might be focused on um, uh, our children's ministry. They might be focused on uh, the pastor. They, they are focused on a personality. That is why they came to church and probably why they keep coming. And, and I'll tell you, it's okay for us to come to church because of our preferences, but here's the reality. Our preferences won't keep us in church. Because what happens is the personalities change. Uh, one day you find out that the pastor is not perfect. Not this one, but the, the other pastor that you were thinking about. You find out that he's not perfect. Um, you'll find out that the program changes, that the, the program that was perfect, that was reaching, somehow doesn't get funded, somehow doesn't reach uh, people anymore. And when that happens, you'll leave. The people, the, 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 my, folks, I am a, bit, a big advocate of this. I was sitting on the couch in our living room with uh, my wife and Brittany and Josh Cross, and when he called Deanna um, and then invited her to church, and then she showed up this morning. Here's what we know. It is great to go to a friendly church, and, and I'm convinced that Crossroads Church is a friendly church. Amen. But it's better to go to church with a friend. There's something about that. But here's, if you only come to church because it's a friend, sometime your friend's going to stop going to church. And so will you. And so it's okay. That's what gets us into church, but that isn't what keeps us. In church. And so, how do we move from that lower room Christianity, which most of us spend a lot of our walk in Christ in, how do we move up to the upper room? And you see the little steps there discipleship. And so, that is a focus that we have here at Crossroads Church for 2022, and that is discipleship. How moving from preference, the, the lower room, to purpose what God has, like, has planted into each of our hearts. Because when you're going to church because of purpose, you'll never leave. It keeps you for life. And it doesn't matter what church, because you'll stay serving. Discipleship is where we multiply ourselves by allowing God to produce fruit through our lives. And I am excited and looking forward to the fruit that God is going to produce in your lives. The 62 baptisms was fruit in your lives. The three baptisms today was fruit from your lives. The salvations that we will see throughout 2022 will be directly fruit from your lives. And so what I want to do is I want to lead us into that. And so uh, the upper room, there's four components to Christians who are living in the upper room. And last week, I talked to you about one, and that was prayer. Uh, did you pray more this week? Thank you. One of my deacons prayed more. I'm, I'm here to challenge you, church. These are four things that we all 
have to do on a regular basis. You know what a regular basis means? Every day. We need to be praying every day. And this week, I want to talk to you about the next topic, and that is Scripture. You see, uh, this book here is um, a supernatural book. Well, it's really not just one book. It's a collection of 66 books. It was written by 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years. It was written in three different languages on three different continents. And here's the amazing thing. There, it is it, without error. It has one common message. Now, I'm convinced if you ask a friend that doesn't want to go to church or doesn't go to church, they will tell you that it is full of errors. Have anyone ever told you that the Bible's full of errors? And then and all you got to do is ask them, show me one. And they're like, no, no, it's all over the place. You just open it up, it's there. Well, dear, open it up, and you'll find out that they probably don't know that much about the Bible, but in a little bit I'll share with you, they probably know too much about the Bible. Uh, one of the most incredible things I think that's going on in um, the world right now is back, I think it was in the 1400s, Gutenberg came out with the printing press. And what was the first document that he printed? The Bible. Today, we have, I, I saw many of you come in with um, your uh, smartphones. Um, there is an app called YouVersion. As a matter of fact, if you're on there, if you go under events, you'll see our church. You'll see everything that I'm going to preach about today. You can save that. Go back and look at it. You can take notes in it. Um, but version is an incredible tool that we can use. Now, I, you know, sometimes it's hard for those of us who've been in church a long time when we see somebody pull out their phone or their iPad. We're like, oh, they're not very spiritual. Am I the only one who's thought that? But the reality is this. You know what I love about having the Bible on my phone? Is I take it everywhere I go. And it sends you messages that, hey, you, it encourages you. If you, like, if you read it 30 days in a row, it's like, good job, ding, ding, ding. Now, like, the confetti blows up. Or it reminds you, <laughs> it's been 17 days. There's incredible Bible studies. Matter of fact, you'll find throughout this church multiple people in multiple small groups that are doing Bible studies together. Uh, this month, Carrie shared with me what she is doing. I think the, is the challenge called the shredder? The 30-day shred. I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, what gym do we have to go to for that? And we don't. She was doing it in the hot tub this week, all right? And so the 30-day shred is where she's going to read the entire Bible in 30 days. Folks, that, you don't stumble and read the Bible in 30 days. And so one night this week, uh, if you know me, I, um, I believe early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Um, well, maybe one of those. And um, it was my bedtime, and there was Carrie plugging away at her 30-day shred. You know, and I'm confident that in 30 days that she will reach that goal. Um, and that's just one of the things that we can use through technology and version. So what is important about Scripture? Well, here's what we need to remember is the Bible wasn't written, or it was written to change our lives, not to increase our knowledge. 
And, and this is where we got to watch out, especially the longer you're in church, the more you learn about the Bible, the better you feel about learning about the Bible, and we forget one little thing. You see, in America, the statistics of divorce, pornography, and unethical behavior, there is no difference between Christians and non-Christians. That is a sad indictment. How can that be when we have this supernatural book? Well, it can be because knowing what to do must be translated into doing what we know. And the reality is this, in our country, many Christians know what to do, but we don't do it. We know that we're supposed to pray, but we don't pray. We know that we're supposed to read God's Word, yet we don't read God's Word. And here's what I find amazing. Is that most of us know what to do. And matter of fact, most non-Christians know what we're supposed to be doing. Have you had that coworker? They found out that you go to church. They found out that you are a person of faith, that you believe in Jesus Christ, that you are a new creation. And they tell you, no, I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Like, I mean, they could pull the Bible verse out and quote it to you. I've had that happen on social media a lot lately. Um, and, and they tell me, you know, you're a pastor. You know, you need to check out this verse. And I'm like, you know what? I would if you would check out this one. Um, but see, the, the, the power isn't knowing what to do because the non-Christians know what to do. The power is in doing what we know. And so today what I want to do is I want to challenge you um, with being able to, to move from knowing what to do into doing what we know. And so I've got three points. The first one is this. When it comes to Scripture, you have to read it. I mean, you know, that's pretty simple. I see today uh, we were invaded by Green Bay Packer fans. <laughs> Did y'all notice there's a couple Green Bay Packer fans in the house? Uh, they think they're making the playoffs or something. I don't know what it is. Um, but their coach years ago, Vince Lombardi, when he took over a losing team, he went back to the basics with his team. And it started this way. He held up this, this ball and he said, men, this is a football. Folks, this is the Bible. This is a supernatural book. This needs to be read. Now, I know that's a hard proposition. Many of you probably made that resolution that you were going to read the Bible more in 2022, and you've already forgotten about that, or you've let a day or two or three slip by. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you one easy way that we can add to our already busy schedules that can help us read God's Word more. And I call it the 555. Five, five. Say that with me. Five. five, five, five. All right, that, that's easy. And, and what it is, it's spending five minutes in quiet and confession, spending five minutes praying, and spending five minutes reading God's Word. Now, folks, I know there's some busy people out here. I'm confident that there's busy people watching online, but nobody is so busy that they can't take 15 minutes every day and invest it this way. This is a very easy tool um, for each of us to add to our lives. Five minutes in quiet and confession, five minutes 
in prayer. And that way, next week, when I say, did you pray more? You can say, yes, I did. And then when I say, did you read your Bible more? You go, yes, sir, pastor, that was me. Or not. (laughs) Hebrews 4.12 says these words, for the word of God is living and active. This really four up to 4,000-year-old book is alive. The words that were written 4,000 years ago are as irrelevant today in 2022 as they were when the prophet penned them from the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem uh, with a lot of us, certainly with me. Do you remember the good old days when the back seat was filled with maps? My dad, he loved maps. We couldn't go to a new state and go by the Welcome Center without stop. Ronnie, they got free maps in here. Let's go. You grab a couple too. I'd grab a couple. We, and he already had the atlas. You know, why do you want this map that, you know, I never get folded back correctly, but we did it anyways. But today there's a new thing, and it's not maps. It's called G. Now, I know, men, you don't want to admit that you use GPS, but um, I have found that GPS comes in handy. All right. Matter of fact, um, my preferred app when it comes to a GPS is called Waze. Now, don't take this as sacrilegious, but I say this all the time. When I'm driving in Waze, I trust. All right. Because there has been times when I have been using this app and I didn't obey and I paid the price. And one of these times was on our way to West Virginia. I think we were coming from a family reunion in Arkansas and we were driving across 64 and uh, we had gone somewhere between eastern Kentucky and we were about to enter into West Virginia. I hadn't taken this way before and I noticed that the map, the, the, the Waze GPS said, get off at the next exit. Now, I know I had 300 more miles to go. And I didn't understand why it said to get off. And I thought, you know what? Because here's the thing. There was only one car on the road. It was ours. As far as I could see, there were no vehicles. In my rearview mirror, there were no vehicles. It was Ronnie and Carrie. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes Waze lets me down. And I didn't get off of that exit. And about 440 yards later, we went around a turn and all we saw was brake lights and thousands of cars. I didn't listen to the GPS. I should have. I remember I was down in San Antonio And Carrie had flown in, and I went to go pick her up from the airport, and I was using the GPS. And at that time, I didn't know I needed glasses. And um, the roads, I really, the, the roads around the airport, it was telling me that I was in the right lane, I thought. And then... Um, 200 yards later, it says redirecting, and, and then it tried to run me by that. And I, I, you know, foolish me, I stayed in the same lane, and I got the same result. Um, and so eventually, I made it to the airport by following the instructions. But what I realized was I couldn't see well, and I blamed the GPS. I blamed the state of Texas. I love Texas, but I was mad at Texas that day. I said bad things about Texas. Have you ever been using a GPS 
and you weren't really paying attention, then all of a sudden it says rerouting. You know, God's Word does that all the time. On Monday, maybe Sunday, you hear a verse, and a verse convinces you this is what action you need to take. And then on Tuesday, you didn't take the actions that you were supposed to. You didn't follow the directions. You weren't in the right lane. You weren't paying attention. And God's Word says redirecting. Now, if you're like most men, and I know, ladies, you're not like most men. But if you're like most men, we always know where we're going. And we hate to admit when we made a mistake driving. And I don't doubt that it's the same when it comes to God's Word. Now, ladies, I know you don't do that. None of you. But us men, that, we got a problem where we, we are told what to do and we don't do it. And then we're told how to fix it and we don't fix it. And y'all are sitting over there, I told you so. Here's the Bible solution for this, Hebrews 2, verse 1. It says, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. I want you to, if you've got your Bibles, I would, I would circle, pay closer attention. Because while I have introduced you to an easy way to read the Bible more is to use the 555 method, five minutes of quiet and confession, five minutes of prayer and five minutes of reading God's word. One thing that we need to do is pay closer attention to what we're reading. Because if we don't pay closer attention, here's what it says, we're going to drift away from it. We're going to get off target. We're going to be going the wrong way. Now, let me just ask you a very stupid question. Can you get to Los Angeles, California via Miami from Centralia, Illinois? Yes, you can. You're just not going to get there on time. You can go all the way down to Miami and make a little turn and then come up the panhandle of Florida and then get on Interstate 10 and just take that all the way. You could do that if you want. It's just probably about 15 hours out of your way. How many times have we done that with God's Word? God wants us to get to Los Angeles and we decide, well, I want to go to Miami. Thank you very much. And God says, okay. And he lets you go to Miami. And then he says, all right, well, this is what you need to do next. And then you change your mind. You know what? I want to go to New Hampshire. And then you go to New Hampshire. And eventually, one day, when you start paying attention to the instructions, you quit drifting away. So the first thing we'll do is we need to read it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? The second thing that we need to do when it comes to God's Word is we need to read it well. Now, you've heard me talk about this um, before, but you, you have two choices. One is you can look at God's Word as a mirror. Oh, he's a good-looking guy. Oh, he's got some problems, though. Or you can do what a lot of Christians do, especially the lower-room Christians, and they turn God's Word into a microscope. And they start looking, oh, my goodness. You know what, our, I don't think our pastor is living this one out. I know my sister isn't. And we read God's word to find out what everybody else is doing wrong. We're good at that. But that's not what reading it well means. Reading it well is when we make it a mirror, when we allow it to reflect 
what is actually in our lives. And the, the passage that I think about when it comes to reading it well is 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, and all scripture is breathed out by God. That's why I can tell you that this is a supernatural book. All of this was breathed out by God. Now we can sit and argue over which version is the most accurate version. Here's my answer to that. Um, I'm gonna, I'll settle on the one that you'll read the most. We can argue till the cows come home, but you know what? What version are you going to read? Okay, that's the one. Let's do it. It says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching. Your version may say doctrine. And doctrine is that's what God says is right. Isn't it amazing that, that we have this book that tells us what are the right actions to take? What is the right way to deal with? with that relationship that's broken? What is the right way to respond to that person who threw hurtful words at you? What is the right way to handle the financial problem that you're going through? What is the right way to deal with that coworker that is not easy to deal with? All of those answers are right here. That's what God says is right. But, but you know, it doesn't stop there. It also says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for reproof. And reproof is, that's what God says is wrong. You're probably familiar with that one, aren't you? You know, there's probably two or three things in here like, oh, oh darn it, God, you just leave that one out. That's not the way God works, is it? Sometimes you're going to read the Bible during those five minutes. And God's word is going to speak to your heart. And it's going to prick you and it's going to tell you, Ronnie, what you're doing there is wrong. And then we see further on in this verse, it says that it is profitable for correction. And correction is what God says is how to get right with him. So not only does it tell you what we should be doing, not only does it tell you what we shouldn't be doing, but it also tells us how to get it right. Redirecting. That's what God's Word does. That's what the supernatural book does for us. But if that's not enough for you, it finishes the verse and it says that it is profitable for training. Matter of fact, training in righteousness. See, that's how God says to stay right with Him. So when we move from that lower room Christianity where it's all about us, it's all about our preferences, and through discipleship, through study, through God's Word, we move up into the upper room and we spend more time in prayer, we spend more time reading God's Word, we spend more time confession, we spend more time living out our faith. That's when you see the last part of this verse. Instruction in righteousness. How? to stay right with God. Now, I, I, I'm going to make a statement, and I don't think this will surprise any of you, but none of us are perfect. We've all made a lot of mistakes. Now, I know that your lost relatives and your lost co-workers and your lost friends, they don't believe that. They think that you and I think that we're better than everybody else. And the reality is this. 
The only difference between us and them is that we accepted the forgiveness that was promised to us by Jesus dying on the cross. That's the only difference. We're just as evil, we're just as wicked, we're just as malicious, we're just as deceptive. But the difference is when we take this word and we allow it to reprove us, we allow it to correct us, and we allow it to instruct us in righteousness, we start to change. And that's the third thing that I think we should do with God's word, and that is we should read it to be transformed. We live in a Christian culture that idolizes accumulating spiritual information without experiencing spiritual transformation. What makes Crossroads different should be the transformation that happens in each of our lives. I don't know if y'all remember, but almost a year ago, we went through a series called Transformed. We saw revival break out in our church. Why? Because we took God's word from what we knew to do and we started doing what we know. And so when we read God's word, we should read it to be transformed. And I think there's three areas you should think about and focus on allowing God to transform or allowing God to change you. And the first one is we should be transformed in our head. Now, Now, please don't say anything crude to your husband or the person that you came with today. All of us probably need a head examination, right? Um, but the reality is this. The Bible says in James 1.23, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. You see, when we allow it to get into our head, we hear it, but we don't allow it to change us. It doesn't make a difference in what we do. The Bible, not Pastor Ronnie, the Bible says, You're only fooling yourself. The whole reason I believe God put it on my heart to teach this series of Back to the Basics is because many people spend a year or two years going to church almost every Sunday, and yet their life doesn't change. Folks, that ought not be so. The only way that that happens is if we stay in the lower room and we stay here because of our preferences. But when we start going to the upper room, when we start spending time in prayer, when we start listening to God's word and allow it, not just read it, not just read it well, but read it so that it transforms us, so that it changes us. Romans 12.1 says these words, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I, I mentioned the 555. Y'all remember that? Five minutes in quietness and confession. Five minutes in prayer. And five minutes in scripture. Folks, that's how you start. A year from now, if you start tomorrow doing 555, a year from now, I, don't, I hope you're not still on 555. Because if you are, maybe that's why there hasn't been a transformation in our mind. Because um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes I've done this uh, in my walk and spiritually it frustrated me. And that is, I, I might be struggling with something. I might be mad at somebody. And, and so I open up God's word and it says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I don't know why I found that one. Um, and so I give it to God. I say, God, you know, go get them. And then I take it back, and then I start thinking of ways that I want God to get them. 
you know what? You know, they like that car. That'd be a shame if they got in a wreck. Oh, that'd be a shame if somebody put sugar in their gas tank. Oh, that'd be a shame if somebody keyed it in the parking lot over at Fairview Mall. But God, I'll let you pick. There's no transformation. And a lot of times what happens is we read God's Word for five minutes and then we think the thoughts that we shouldn't think for 23 hours and 55 minutes the rest of the day. We spend five minutes reading God's Word before we go to bed and then we spend four hours ruminating over what's wrong in our life as we lay there staring at the ceiling. See, we need to be transformed not in our head. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18 says these words, We all, with unveiled faces, are looking in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. Now, I just want to make this a very bold statement here. If you don't see the glory of the Lord when you open up God's Word, you're doing it wrong. This is a promise. This isn't that only pastors with unveiled faces are looking in the mirror and see the glory of the Lord. It's not just deacons. It's not just Sunday school teachers. It's not just the Jew. It's not the Greek. We all, with unveiled faces, are looking in the mirror at the glory of the Lord. And here's what happens when that, and are being transformed into the same image. You see, I, I, look, I'm a fancy guy. I went and pulled up Miriam's and I looked up the word transform and, and it says to change something completely. And when we get into God's word and when we allow it as a mirror to look, show us this is what you should look like and we see what's not correct and we, we fix that, that's the way that God transforms us through the renewing of our mind. But it's not just where our mind needs to get renewed, our head, we also need to have our heart changed. See, the problem is a lot of times when we think about uh, being a Christ follower, we think about being a Christian, um, it's about becoming a better person. And I believe that when we follow Christ, we will become a better person, but that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of God's transformation in our life is for us to become a completely new person, a new creation, not just a better version. You see, when we come to church because of our preferences, when we're here because of the lower room, we'll become a better person probably. But we won't experience that transformation that completely makes us new. Christ-like transformation is a mark of maturity in the life of a believer. That's what we call discipleship. So I ask you this question today. Are you becoming more like Christ? That's why we read God's Word. That's why we use all of those um, Bible lessons on version. That's why we want you to take us up on our three-week challenge. It's because we believe if you'll spend three weeks here, not just on Sundays, but on the rest of the time during the week, that you'll end up spending more time praying, that you'll end up spending more time reading God's Word, that you'll end up spending more time confessing those things that you know you shouldn't be doing. But here's the reality. We will never live an abundant life until we get the Word of God in our hearts and let it transform us. Not only do we expect the Word of God to transform us through our head, through our knowledge, in our mind, 
Not only do we expect it to transform us in our heart and to make us completely different person, but we also expect it to transform us in our hands. And here's the reality. Otherwise, we are only fooling ourselves. Today, I introduce you to this supernatural book, Scripture. The Bible is written to change our lives. Is it changing your life? If it's not changing your life, my guess is that you are probably spending most of your walk with Christ in the lower room. You're probably here because of one of those preferences, a personality, a program, a person. And so the question I ask you today is this, are you ready this second Sunday in 2022, are you ready to recommit to making God's word that is alive and powerful, that pierces even uh, between the thoughts and intents of the heart? Are you ready to recommit to that? Worship team, if you'll come forward. Are you ready to recommit to or commit to reading it? Five, 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 five minutes of quietness and confession. Five minutes of prayer and five minutes of reading God's word. Are you ready to recommit or commit to reading it well? Where you look at it for what you're supposed to do. You look at it for what you're not supposed to do. You look at it for how you get from what you're not supposed to do back to what you're supposed to do. And you look at it in such a way that it shows you how to live an abundant life. Or maybe are you ready to recommit or commit to reading it in such a way? Maybe you've been reading God's word, but yet you didn't experience that transformation. You haven't become a completely new person. Folks, these aren't my words. This is the word of God. This is not my promise. This is the promise from your heavenly father. Are you ready to make 2022 special? And the way that we do that is by getting back to the basics. The way that we do that is that we spend time on our knees going before our Heavenly Father. We spend time opening up God's Word and allowing it to transform us. Not just read it, not just check the box off, but allow it to make us different. If you look in front of you, there's these beautiful pink cards. We call those our decision cards. And on the back, it has a very simple message. Maybe you're here today and a lot of what I said doesn't make any sense. A lot of what I said doesn't resonate. But here's one thing that resonates with all of us. On the back of that card, it says that we all must admit that we are sinners. See, you know, I joked that you had a pastor that hasn't sinned, but the reality is probably this morning I've done that. Certainly yesterday and definitely over the past week. The reality is all of us have sinned. And, and the bad news that comes with sin is that there's a price for that. There's a penalty. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. How do we get that gift of God? It's the second part on the back of that card, and it says to believe. To believe that Jesus is God's son. And we receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation. And then the last thing is to confess. Romans 10, 
uh, 9 and 10 says this, that if you will believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. If you're here today and you have never heard those words, you've never recognized that, I ask you to make a decision to commit your life to Christ. There is no better way to make 2022 more powerful than any year that you've experienced. No, COVID's not going away. No, the bills are still going to be there. The relationship challenges are going to be just as difficult when you leave church as when you came in. But the difference is that your Heavenly Father is now working with you. You all stand. How many would say that, yes, Ronnie, today I do want to recommit. I either want to recommit to reading God's Word, to reading it well or better than I have been doing, or to reading it to be transformed. Who here today will join me in taking up that challenge? Amen. If you're here this morning and when I read through the ABCs, you said, you know what, that, that's me. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And what I'm going to ask is everybody to repeat the prayer with me. And those of you, many may, this may be your first time. If it is, before you leave today, I hope you take that, that uh, decision card and fill it out and drop it in the plate. But simply, everybody, if you would, close your eyes and repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. And God, I don't believe I ever can be. But I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And He died on the cross to pay for my sins. And I'm asked Jesus to live in my heart and to transform me into a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. You see, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.